five, six, seven, eight. Hello. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another exciting episode of Breaking the Curtain. I'm Jocelyn. I'm Chrissy. And we are so excited to have not one, but two special guests joining us in our virtual studio today. Yay! As you know, we here at Breaking the Curtain are huge fans and supporters of new musical theater, which is yep. why we are so excited to introduce our guests today, Nicolette Blount and Lyndall Hart, as they join us today to talk all about their new project, Savage the Musical. Welcome to our virtual studio. We are so excited to have you joining us today. Thanks for having us. So we always start off when we have more than one guest. We'd love for you each just to introduce yourselves with your name, what you do on the musical, and where in the world you are right now. I guess I will go first. My name is Nicolette Blount, and I am the creator, co-writer, co-composer, and lyricist for Savage the Musical, and currently the producer. Love it. Nice. Yeah, um, my name is Lyndall Hart. I am the co-writer of the book for the musical Savage. And um, in answer to your question, where are we now? If you're talking about geographically, I'm in Western Massachusetts, <laughs> um, as is Nicolette, uh, not in the same exact location, but um, fairly close. And um, we are um, currently in our fourth complete draft of the show, although many parts of it have been rewritten more times than that. And uh, we're just about to launch into another round of rewrites and experimentation with some ideas that we have for the show. So um, that's all pretty exciting for us as writers and looking forward to being able to um, do work with live human beings again in person. And uh, we've done some Zoom readings uh, with actors in New York. Wow. And um, that was great. It gave us a lot of insight, but getting back into rehearsal studios and onto a stage ultimately is where it's at. We've been working on the show for uh, almost five years. So um, we, yeah, we have done some, like you said, workshops with uh, New York actors, including um, in New York before the pandemic. And also we did uh, two sold out concerts at New York Musical New York Music Festival before it was defunct. That's incredible. And we are just so honored to have you both with us today. Thank you for being Thanks here. Thanks so much for having Likewise. us. We are so excited. You guys have a great website, by the way. It is, Thanks. I love it when, you know, it's just quick and easy. Google and everything is there. It's, it's gorgeous <laughs> website, but let's start right at the very beginning. Who is Wanda Savage? She is my great grandmother. Um, she uh, lived in the 1920s. She was born in 1900. Uh, she is Chickasaw Native American, as am I. And I know I don't look it, but I am. I'm a registered member of the tribe. And um, she was a uh, sharpshooter, or she became a sharpshooter um, back in the day. And she went through circus and vaudeville and silent movies. And she had many husbands and many children. And she had quite the life. Um, we just recently found some silent movie clips of her, which was really cool that I put on my Instagram. And um, she definitely went through, um, or at least the story we're going to tell is uh, her going through racism and misogyny, sexism. And then we've had to pare it down to dealing with just her and her one son, which is my grandfather, instead of all the kids. 
Um, but she has this amazing, amazing story. And um, I feel like it's very timely for today. And um, Lyndall, do you want to add something? He's the master of words. <laughs> well, <laughs> um, you know, that that is the crux of her story. And it's that what I find interesting about it is she was dealing with a lot of these very weighty issues. And at the same time, she was a single mother, divorced, widowed, um, and she was trying to support herself. And so this drive to work um, in, in a, a performance world was one of the few options that was available to her as a woman, as a Native woman in the 1920s. And she's a very complicated, interesting character, probably because of the faults that she has. You know, she's a flawed character, like all of us. But it uh, it makes for a very compelling story. And that's what drew me to it when Nicolette said, hey, I have this idea. You want to join me? And she told me about it. She played a couple of songs that she was working on and I was sold immediately. So that was that was the genesis of our collaboration. Wow. I'm already getting misty. <laughs> yeah. Those are, like you said, those are really timely themes. Those yeah. are themes that existed in the 1920s. They are things that are going to exist now. And I think what a great way to kind of honor your great grandmother. What you know, what is it like sharing something that is so deeply personal to you and sharing it not just on stage with the world, but you know, sharing it as well, like with a creative team? Um, it's, I would say, I mean, of course, it's exciting because you have like all these people who are on board with you and your crazy idea. And, um, you know, Lyndall and I performed together before we start working together as writers because we're both performers. Um, so, I, I, of course, it's exciting. It is a little bit um, sometimes nerve wracking because I do have to represent my family and my great grandmother and I have to do it justice. And then you have the dramatic piece that comes in and options for stories and storylines. And um, you have to kind of try and walk that fine line of you don't want to piss off your family. Um, right. You don't want to offend anybody. Um, and and, and her relationship with her son, my grandfather, Paul, was an interesting relationship because she had to abandon him to go on with this with this career. And there's some very sad moments in the show. It's definitely dramatic. It has funny moments, too. Um, like, for example, one of her husbands is named Howard Hard. That was his real name. And he was a womanizer and he ended up dying of syphilis. So you can't make these things up. You know, it's kind of like funny. Mm -hmm. Um because he kind of gets what's coming to him as a womanizer but um anyways yeah so the it is a little bit of a fine line and and trying to represent my family and also representing her as a woman and knowing how it feels to be a woman and also realizing that some of the things she dealt with maybe I don't necessarily deal with but maybe I do a little bit like we have a scene where um, there's this like, uh, kind of like a me too moment. We have kind of 
a few of those. And um, it's, I, I, I want it to, and Lyndall and I want it to make kind of people squirm in their seats as they feel this thing that a lot of women have felt where you can't really put your finger on what the guy's doing. They're doing something, but if you call them on it, they'll be like, oh, I wasn't doing anything. It's so like on the line of what is okay and what isn't. And we have a scene like that. Um, so I hope, you know, so it's not just like representing my family, but also just wanting to make sure that I represent women well. Um, and yeah, and her story. I mean, we there's some things that we've had to, makeup. Like we don't know exactly how she got from the silent movies to a brothel, but she did mm -hmm. something to piss someone off. So, um, some of the things we've had to kind of put together as we've gone along, but other things like, um, you know, we've done a lot of research with newspapers. We found a lot of newspaper articles about her and like the way they just threw around words like red skin and engine and all this in the papers back in the day is just like shocking. And also you can see a transformation. Um, oh, that's my, that's my great grandma up there, but you can see this transformation of her, like, especially like that picture, her face is a lot lighter than her hands. And then this progression of that, when she goes to Hollywood, they bleached her hair, they lightened her skin, they did all these things. Um, so representing that as well in a way that I'm not going to offend people because I do know that I'm presenting white and I'm blonde haired, blue eyes and people look at me and, you know, a lot of people don't even think that I'm Native American. So um, trying to represent that well as well as just my, you know, not just my family, we're representing a lot of, a lot of issues and we want to do that truthfully and honestly and well. Well, you know, I have to say, listening to you talk about it, and whenever somebody comes from a place of wanting to have that truth, it it always, it always shows. It yes. always comes across. And, you know, I'm glad that you said all of that to say, yeah, like, it's not just a family thing. It's all of the other issues that you're encompassing, you know, and I think it's awesome that you're telling yeah. um, your great grandmother's story. I think that that just gives me goosebumps every time I think about it. Honestly, it's, uh, yeah, I think that thank you magical. Also the tribe, like wanting to represent them well. Um, mm -hmm. One of the things that Lyndall has worked with me in doing in the book is, so my tribe has an endangered language, like literally their language is almost gone. They have like 40 more fluent speakers all over the age of like 50 maybe even over the age of 60 and the language is dying. So the tribe has um, put out like Rosetta Stone and things like that to get the tribal members to learn this language so it doesn't die. And Lyndall has helped me in crafting in the book um, a way to bring the language in. It's not throughout the whole show. So I don't want people to think they're gonna go and not understand it. It's little pieces here and there, especially when they're on the reservation or she's talking with her mother or something. But I think we've done a really good job of like putting it in next to English. So like if the tribal person that uh, says Chokma and then the other person says hello, you can figure that they're saying hello. Um, so those kind of things. Um, yeah. So we're representing the tribe as well or hoping to. Yeah. Good. That's awesome. Like you said, like you have it lined up with English. I think, you know, you go see any show that has people who speak two languages, or if you know anyone who speaks two languages, you know that they just come and go in and out of conversation. And I think it's great that you're taking that representation of a language that 
has so little fluent speakers left and you're going to say, yeah, I'm going to put it right here, center stage where people have to see it. That's, I think that's really great. That's great as well. You did mention some of the research you were doing and going back through um, newspapers and that sort of stuff. So I was hoping that both of you would be able to tell us like what the research has been like for this because it must be immense because it's your family history, it's history of a nation, it's history of an industry. That must be pretty research heavy for the two of you. Yeah, it's, um, you know, every time we come up with an idea for the story that we want to incorporate, or we have a question about something that we've written, and then we go off to to try to find the answers. It's like going down a rabbit hole because now that we have so much more information available online, you can start finding more detail and more information out there um, without having to do it the old fashioned way. When, when I first started out doing um, research on other projects that I was working on or on family history, I had to go to the library. I had to request books. I had to wait for weeks for them to come in. Um, and now, you know, you still have to do that with certain elements of it because not everything is online, but there is a lot more information that's readily available at our fingertips. So we start, you know, I can't tell you the number of times that we've been um, collaborating, we've been writing and we do it um, on Zoom. We started doing that before the pandemic or on Skype so that we didn't have as much travel time to get to one another's houses. So we would meet that way and it would expand the amount of time we had to work. So we would start looking up something and we would both be on our computers diving into this from different angles and on different websites and on different resources online. And we would just keep going and finding more and more. And then suddenly, you know, an hour's come by and we're like, okay, I think we have enough. We got to get back to work. Um, but it's been fascinating. And the amount of information that we have been able to collect um, as background information, stuff that doesn't make it into the script, but enriches how we approach it, I think is uh, really personally very interesting and gratifying to know that we have been able to back up some of the things that might raise questions for people and say, no, absolutely, we have data to back that up. Yeah, we um, we have found out some information that my family didn't even know. We found articles about her my family had never seen, um, things in Australia, things in Europe, um, things locally. Um, all kinds of stuff. We were pretty sure we found out she had another husband that maybe my family didn't know about. Um, we've just found a lot of things. There is, um, I mean, I grew up with stories. Oddly enough, uh, my very first birthday was at her ranch in Wyoming. Um, my family runs it. My I guess you would call it my step family. Um, I mean, they're family to us, but it would have been Wanda's her youngest child, um, he runs it with his family. And so that would be my grandfather's stepbrother because they have different dads. But, um, you know, my first birthday was at her ranch in Wyoming. And when I went out there a few years ago to visit, um, my aunt was showing me, uh, or my cousin was showing me the registration book that they have there at the, at the, uh, ranch. 
And there my parents' names were on my birthday back in 1973. Um, so it's just, it's just weird that I've had this connection with her. And I think to my knowledge, I'm the only performer in the family that I know about. And so I always have come to this with a different thought process, maybe than other people in my family, because in my mind, if you're a woman and you don't have many choices on career, you're with an abusive husband that you want to get away from. You get offered a job in the circus. You're going to take it. And I would think in her mind, she's thinking, I'm going to go make some money and come back and get my kids. And then things just snowballed and you never get that opportunity because they work you like a horse. And, you know, it, um, so I always looked at it a little, I think had a different perspective on it, being a performer, being a mother, um, being a woman, uh, you know, I don't represent indigenous looking like she might've, but, um, yeah, so that kind of has helped moving forward to just kind of this innate feeling that I have of maybe what her life was and this connection I've had with her. Um, I would be very scared to go to someone who like sees the dead people and they would tell me like, there's, why is there a woman standing next to you with a gun? I literally would run out <laughs> and run down the street and be like, because weird things have happened. I, seriously, we've had some weird things happen. And um, so I don't know, there's some weird connection going on, but um, just a shout out for one of my cousins. She did write a write and produce and direct um, a movie called Wanda the Wonderful that you can watch on Amazon about my great grandmother. Um, that's very interesting. Oh, that's um, awesome. So, We're going to yeah. go watch that later. Yeah. Yeah. I was checking that out, but I, I wanted to hear everything from you first, but <laughs> we'll definitely watch that. Yeah, We had to hear it from you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. We, of course, you know, like we've taken some dramatic steps in the show that might be a little mm -hmm. bit different um, mm -hmm. than the actual story to make it dramatized for the stage. Mm -hmm. Sure, of course. Yeah. Um, and so speaking of the dramatized version, do you want to tell us kind of the plot that the musical covers? Because, you know, with something that is a biography, you know, it's hard to squeeze everything in. So how uh, have you navigated that plot wise for this story? Well, I can, I can tell you that we have um, had a lot of different ideas about what parts of her life to put on stage. And we have tried a lot of different things and some things that didn't work so well, we realized that had to be set aside. And we keep coming back to a pretty, a pretty solid storyline that takes her from the reservation as a child to performing in the circus in vaudeville and hollywood and the brothel that whole arc um but stripping it down enough that it doesn't feel bloated it doesn't feel like there's too much of any one thing we've tried pulling out certain elements of it to streamline it and certain things just kind of demand to be there. And when you take one piece of it out, the rest of it doesn't work together. So I feel like we've, we've settled on an arc for her as a character that makes sense. It, there's still a lot more to her life than we could possibly put into a two and a half hour musical. So 
you know, if we ever do a mini series or something like that. Or movie. Yes, movie. it definitely could be done. Yeah, there's a lot more that we could flesh out with certain aspects of her life. Um, as Nicolette alluded to, we really focused just on the relationship that Wanda had to her son, Paul, Nicolette's grandfather, um, without trying to bring in any of the other children because it's just, there's not enough time and it would make it more complicated and harder to actually get to the crux of the story, which is, as we see it, it's a story of redemption, someone who makes errors in her life, all with good intention, and then tries to get, basically to, to course correct, to get yeah. back on track with her, her child with her family. Um, so it's, it's a lot, there's a lot in there, but um, I feel like we've done a, a very good job of whittling it down to the elements of the story that will be most appealing to an audience and in a way that is very engaging. I think um, we have some interesting, we do a lot of flashbacks and flash forwards and there's parts where like, they're like, okay, Warrior, which is streaming, so I'm not giving anything away. Um, Warrior is um, a duet between Wanda and her mother. And in the single, I'm singing it and our current lead, Sam, Samantha Myberg. And um, in the show, it's her mother singing to young Wanda and then older Wanda singing to her son. So you have like the memory of the flashback as well as you have the current time. And they're singing this duet in different time zones. Um, so we have a lot of like flashback things like that. Um, we also have this comparison between Wanda and a character named Vivian, who um, if you listen to Currency of Men, that is Vivian's song. And um, Vivian is this complicated, another complicated character, another woman who doesn't have many choices. Um, you know, I, I've had several friends, including um, one of my friends uh, who, who was my voice teacher in the past, um, she was telling me her mom is from the Philippines. And when she came, and she came over a little bit later than the 20s, but when she came over back in the day, if you were a woman, your only way to move up in the world is to marry someone richer or to date someone richer or whatnot. Um, and back in the day too, like brothel women, the brothel madams were the ones who were the business women. Like we think of it as like this terrible thing, but they were the ones who were allowed to own their own business. Um, and so Vivian's this very interesting character um, and in Currency of Men, you hear her talk about how like she does all these things for men to get her way up in the world, but then you hear how it's killing her inside. So we have Wanda, the strong woman who's not really willing to do that, but she is doing it in another sense and they parallel each other. And that's really interesting. And we have some mm -hmm. interesting guy characters. Um, there's a villain in act two. Well, there's kind of a villain in act one, but the one in act two is without saying any names, kind of like some of these famous directors who are now in jail for doing things to women. And I do feel like we are showing something in our show that I don't think has been shown yet on in musicals, which is that, like the Me Too movement, but also um, 
the song Lighten Up we have streaming talks about, although it seems like a very catchy song, it's very dark. They're telling her to lighten up her skin. And she thinks about it. She questions it. She justifies it. She decides to do it. Later in the show, she rebels against that. Um, but those things I don't think we've covered on a musical theater stage, how Hollywood would um, take people's ethnicities and hide them. And in addition to that, the lavender marriages that happened back in the day between um, a a gay man or woman marrying the opposite sex and presenting them as being straight. We also cover that in our show a little bit um, in the current script. So um, these are things that I think that we need to recognize and talk about. And I think there may be some things in our show. I hate the word trigger, but that might trigger people for lack of a better word. But I think it's important because we need to discuss these things. You you don't just go to a musical because you want to be happy and leave the, the theater like, oh, I really believe that we go to musicals to feel. We are so numb as a society. We are so busy. We are so stressed. We are so numb. So if you can go to a theater and cry, thank God. Like maybe you haven't cried in like two years. Yes. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't think our show is necessarily a show that you're going to leave and be like, laughing and celebrating I do think it's going to be a show that you're going to be very very moved and you're going to feel things you maybe haven't felt or cause people to have conversations that they haven't had before mm -hmm. yeah I love what you say about conversation another thing that I think people may find surprising about the show is that um, you have a lot of people have a preconceived notion of what it is to be native Yes. And if they're expecting to see um, buckskin and feathers, that's not what they're going to see. Um, Wanda, as well as um, many, many other Native people in the early 1900s, were not dressing in a traditional way. They were wearing clothes like everybody else was wearing. And they were um they were in in many ways even if they lived on a reservation they were still part of the society of the country they were they, trying to assimilate they were yeah uh, so you know it's it's not a costume piece in that way um period costume yes but not what you think of as traditional native uh, attire so it's the first time, you know, that a lot of people may be seeing a modern native character on stage and not represented in that stereotypical way. And even the song Warrior That's Streaming, um, one of the reasons why I wrote that song, not just because of the scene that it was in, which has changed a few times, but, um, but because... I think a lot of people think that Native American warriors were like scalpers and they were these violent people. And in actuality, the warrior in a tribe was, was helping women and children. They were part of government. They were part of making decisions. They had integrity. They weren't just out there to kill people. Um, and, um, you know, so that was like a huge thing, kind of a huge um, inspiration for that song is like, I want to show people what it really is to be a warrior. What does it mean? What does it mean to tribal people? What does it mean to the Chickasaw Nation? 
um, when they say the word warrior. I mean, we even had um, hatchet women, <laughs> they called them hatchet women. And if it, the war was really, really bad, the women would come out and no one would expect them, but they would come out to like defend their people. Like, you know, so, but I, I, there is a beauty to being a warrior that people don't think about um, and an integrity and wisdom and all of that. So that was kind of another thing in addition to like Lyndall saying, like, we don't want people to think they're just going to go and see, you know, your stereotypical Native American story. And, I, and there are places for that. I mean, we do need to tell these stories that our tribes have grown up learning and knowing about like our warrior Tishomingo um, in the Chickasaws and things like that. But this is not that story. You, there is, I have chills sitting here. I love listening yeah. to all of you uh, speak so passionately about what you're doing. There yeah. is, you know, there is so much to this show. And I think, you know, that's why it's so interesting to people like us to listen mm -hmm. to you guys talk about it because there is so much to it. There's so much depth. There's so much layering. Yeah. The EP that's streaming is very good, by the way. You Incredible. Thank Incredible. You. For our listeners listening, you should all go listen to that as well yeah. um, because it's, wonderful music and this story is amazing and yeah. I guess my question for both of you would be because there is so much that you have taken on with this story and telling it you know what would you say the biggest challenge of this process has been so far getting a a big name producer <laughs> to take it on <laughs> To be honest, um, my my dream would be to have as many women on the show as possible, um, to have a big woman producer take this on. Um, I think it should be because of the themes. Um, but I think probably <laughs> that's one of the biggest challenges right now. Um, yeah, I would say I would agree with that. I mean, I think the, the thing that we most want is for people to be able to see this story on stage and mm -hmm. being able to bring it to the stage in a way that fleshes out the story and that honors Wanda Savage and brings it to as many people as possible. Um, that's a big ask. You know, that and that really requires a whole team of people involved with the show to help flesh it out, bring it on stage and support the creative team that has been working on it for the last almost five years. Yeah. And it's a big, yeah, it's a big show. It's not, you know, a small show. It's it's a big show. Um, so we kind of need someone with the cojones to, <laughs> to take it on. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that we're at the stage where we've rewritten it so many times. We've been working with a great director, Rachel Klein, um, mm -hmm. and we've written, rewritten it so many times and worked on it. It's like, at this point we have to have a workshop and, you know, my husband and I have been producing it. We can only take it so far. Um, we're willing to put whatever we need to into it um, moving forward, but we really need someone to take it farther than 
we can possibly take it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I would say, cause some of these things, like we write them and then we rewrite them. We have, you know, a reading, but it's like, we really need to see this. Like we can only do so much with the page. Yeah. Um, so I would say that that's probably the biggest challenge right there. And, and we are technically, we're kind of the underdogs mm-hmm. at Broadway, right? Like we don't live in New York. We live in Massachusetts, not far. Like we go there a lot, but um, we're kind of like, we're known in our area, but we're not known outside of that and kind of like getting your foot in the door and whatnot um, and having people listen to you or, and realize, you know, we have a unique perspective. We have a unique story. We also have music that is not your typical, I've been told it's not typical musical theater music, mm-hmm. um, which I pride myself on me and my co-composer, John. Um, I think we both are on the same page as I hate when I get a album and I'm fast forwarding it through tons of songs and to that one or two songs that I like. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, like I want every song to be catchy. And I also want my music to cross over where you could hear it on the radio and not know it was from a musical, because I feel like that's going to bring more people into the theater. Oh yeah. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of people, Oh, I hate musical theater. Cause they're thinking of like the old school stuff. They have no idea. We have like Dear Evan Hansen. The music is beautiful. Oh, yeah. You could hear that on the radio. <laughs> that's what I love about Pasek and Paul and Jonathan Larson, um, who are kind of the people I look up to. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so that's our biggest challenge right now. And everything we've done has been grassroots, the website, all the followers we have on Instagram and Facebook. I think we have like close to 7,000 now with all our social media. Um, we've had uh, over a thousand streams of our music on iTunes and over a thousand on Spotify. And it's just, we're like the little engine that could <laughs> grassroots. <laughs> and honestly, we applaud you because that is hard work to do all by yourself. Yeah. Truly, truly. And the EP is yeah, seriously yeah. stunning. It is so powerful and beautiful. And yeah. I can't wait for yes. the concept album or the I full really album to come it. out. And you know, you're right. You do want you, sometimes you do need that name to kind of get into it. But I really hope that, I mean, I really, really just hope that that comes through for you. I'm so sure that it will, because like you said, this isn't a story that you see on like a big Broadway stage. It isn't something that like, when you describe your show to me, I don't go, oh, it's like that other show, or it's kind of like this, or it's a mix of this musical and that musical. This is something, you know, new that you've created that is, comes from a place that's really personal and from a place of wanting to cover these topics that should be talked about to cover representation. And I think it's the kind of show that people need to see. I, I'm very excited. If you can't tell, um, once you guys get it up, <laughs> like yeah. I will be there. Yes, we'll give you tickets. <laughs> no, I would want to support yes. you. I'd be like, take it. I want it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I am putting it all out there into the universe because I think, I think this is brilliant, and I think that you know, good, yes. good things are coming to you guys. I, I can Thank tell, you. I can tell. And yeah, you guys just both speak from a place of passion and knowledge. And it's, that's what we love the most about what we do when we get to hear people speak that way. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yep. mm, I have been seriously on the verge of tears this entire episode. It's why I've been uh-huh. so quiet today, because I think people really 
really need to see this show. This is a story that needs to get told. And the EP is out right now, friends. You need to go listen to it. You are going to fall in love with it just the way we have. We'll get it all up when we get Yeah, yeah, we're going to link it all. And, you know, so how can we best with both with Chrissy and myself, and also for everybody listening at home, how can they support your show? How can they follow along? How can they get Um, involved with the process? They could follow follow us on on Instagram, Facebook. They could follow us on YouTube. We have some of our performances. We have done like some mini performances as like vaudeville shows out here. Um, And I've put a few of our performances from Nymph on there and also some Zoom performances. So um, they could follow us on there, YouTube, Instagram, Facebook. Twitter, although our Twitter is, <laughs> it's the little engine that could also, <laughs> but uh, I'm just very visual. I'm like, I need to yes. see stuff. So Instagram, Facebook, um, and also, yeah, streaming our music, sharing our music, sharing our social media. Um, you never know who you know, or who your friends know, or um, we have a website, savagemusical.com. If anyone's interested, um, they can contact us through there. Um, all of those things. Yeah, it would be, it would be awesome. I, I think everyone loves an underdog story. (laughs) So, um, I'm, I'm someone who, you know, the show was started from a very sad place in my life. Both of my parents died of cancer. I had seven years where I didn't write one song. The last song I wrote was for my dad's battle with cancer and they played it both of my parents' funeral when they took the casket down. So, this came out of a very sad point in my life and it healed me. Um, the first song I wrote for this show is called Never Too Far Away. Um, it's a duet between Wanda and her son from different parts of the world. And um, the chorus, when I listened back to it after I recorded, I was like, oh my gosh, it's like my parents talking to me from the grave. It's so crazy. So this show has like really healed my heart. Um, and so it, it's important for that reason too. It's, it's a, uh, you know, it was a healing experience, but, um, yeah, I think everyone loves an under underdog story. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I, I was going to school for voice and theater and then I met my husband and put my husband through school. And so I wasn't able to finish that degree. Um, but always have been doing theater and music ever since. So, you know, it's all about drive people. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> Talent yeah. and drive. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> uh. And thank you for sharing that with us. You know, we are big believers in the healing power of art and music. And I'm so glad that you've had that experience and been able to create something so incredible out of it. Mm -hmm. So as we wrap up for the afternoon, is there anything else you would like the people to know? Linda, do you have anything to tell the people people listening? (laughs) Um, Well, my... The only comment would be, you know, keep watching for us because this project from the very beginning has seemed like it's got a life of its own. I mean, we're working on it, but it's got something else driving it. Um, Someone named Wanda. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Wanda. I was going to (laughs) say. Wanda's pushing it forward, I think. So you know, keep, keep your eyes open because eventually you're going to see it on stage. It's funny. Cause a lot of people keep telling us that, Oh, I know it's going to be on Broadway. I just know it. I just know it. It's like, okay, can we just like get to that point now? Because I really need to know that it's going forward. Like we have so many people telling us that, which I, I totally appreciate. And 
we appreciate all of our fans on social media. I do want to say that we've gotten fan art. We've gotten, I mean, it's been amazing. Like I always, when people inbox me, especially on Instagram, I always talk to our followers and our fans, especially the young people. I want to encourage them to go for their dreams and things like that are very important to me. Um, so we just appreciate all the people who are following us and encouraging us. It is so hard to write a show because usually on average, it takes like six to 10 years to get a show to Broadway. And it, it's a lot. And it's nice to have that encouragement. It's really great. Yeah. So thank you. Thank well, you. We are rooting for you. We are. We are mm-hmm. We're ready. You know, whatever your next step is, we will be there to share Thanks your so wins much. and your successes. Thank and- you. And it's been just an absolute pleasure to have you both chat with us today. Thanks for having us, guys. I've loved Thank you. every it's second been, of this. Very so good. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> you know, you heard Chrissy and I say it a couple times during the episode there, but that was inspiring. Yeah. We both had goosebumps. Mm-hmm. There were um, there was some fighting back tears. Still fighting them back currently, honestly. To be telling. And how amazing to be able to use art to share your family's legacy and yeah. story, really. And heal, I'm yeah. So inspired. And I'm going to go actually listen to their EP right now on Spotify, yes. which you can all find it there. As Nicolette mentioned, they are on all the social media. Mm-hmm. They have a great website, savagethemusical.com. They are on Instagram. They're on Facebook. They're on Twitter. And of course, that EP is available on Spotify where you can go listen to it right now. Of course, we're going to be staying up to date with all of the things Savage the Musical. And we highly recommend that you do too as well. It's always special when we get to talk to people who are so passionate about mm-hmm. what they do. Yes. And Today was an absolute treat for yep. both of us. Uh, so thank you, Nicolette and Lyndall, for joining us today. Uh, we hope to have you back in studio with us again very soon. Yes. Open invitation always. As always, I'm Jocelyn. I'm Chrissy. Together we are Breaking, breaking the, curtain. the Curtain. And you can find us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. You can find <laughs> us on social media like Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Patreon, all the things. All the things. The link tree in our bio is a great place to find yes. all of the things. <laughs> and yeah, we are just so thrilled that you chose to spend another hour or so hanging out with us and learning about some exciting new musical theater. As you know, our one year anniversary is coming up and we have lots of fun stuff coming before, during, and after that. So <laughs> you'll want to stay tuned. So stay safe and stay stay stagey and we will see you all next time around. (laughs) Bye now. Bye friends.